Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. Why does a rabbi get involved in deliverance people that have evil spirits? Why does a rabbi say it's so simple you can take care of it yourself? Why does a rabbi say everyone needs deliverance in areas of their life? Why does a rabbi say you will have unprecedented peace when you're totally free? Anyone interested? Yeah. Uh, rabbi Schneider, when was the first time you were exposed to deliverance of demons? It was the mid-1980s, Sid. I was pastoring a church. There was someone that was really manifesting demons. I was called to the scene. I brought another pastor with me. I had never been exposed to it before. The only thing I knew how to do was scream. So I felt the louder <laughs> I shouted at these demons, hopefully they'd leave. And we left, that, we left that episode, and the older pastor that I had brought with me said to me, he said, you know, when your blade is sharp, you don't have to cut so hard. <laughs> You learned the lesson well. But then you have this Messianic Jewish congregation, and you notice a lot of problems. And you decide you're going to help these people with a course. But then that created a problem. Explain. Exactly. Well, I became aware of the fact that as we're moving deeper into the end times, more than ever, people have been infiltrated with demonic spirits. And so I got some training in this area to minister deliverance to people. And we set up a team. I trained a team of people in our congregation to minister deliverance. It's about an eight-hour process that we bring people through. Well, what happened, Sid, was so many people were requesting to go through the process that we ended up in a short period of time being booked out a year in advance. And every week I'd run into people that say, I need help, I need help, I need to go through deliverance. And I'd say, you know what, let's get you through the deliverance process, realizing in my heart they were going to wait a year. And I was so grieved about this, I began to inquire, Lord, what can I do to solve this? I tried to raise up another deliverance team. I couldn't find the right people with the right time availability. Kept on seeking, Lord, how can I help these people? They need help today, not a year from now. And the Lord led me to start teaching on what I call self 
deliverance so that the people in the congregation that needed help today that we couldn't see for a year, that they could find help today through the process of learning how to exercise the Holy Spirit within them with the Word of God to get breakthrough through the darkness so that they could come into freedom for themselves. And so that's how this whole concept evolved. It was really to address a need that I saw within my congregation. Now, there's people watching us right now, and what is this demon business? That's, that's, that's not for today. We don't have demons today. What would you say? You know what? That's a great question. And I think that we do live in such a sophisticated time that, as you said, Sid, the term seems archaic. I like to try to uh, uh, speak to people on these terms. Most of us will recognize that there is such a thing as evil in the world. In other words, we can point to specific acts where, for example, a child was abused sadistically, and no one would argue that that's evil. So the next question is, well, where did that evil come from? So that then people are moving from the fact that they see evil in the world. Now they're moving into the phenomenon, okay, I see that there is such a thing as general evil. When we speak about a demon, we're taking it one step further. We're going beyond general evil to personal evil. That evil has intelligence and it has an agenda to destroy. What about a born-again Bible believer that says, wait a second, you've gone a little too far. I can't have a demon. What would you say? Well, you know, the scriptures say to us, Paul said, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of darkness. So, of course, he was speaking to believers when he said, our fight is not against flesh and blood. And Peter said, your adversary, speaking to believers, the devil is roaming around like a lion looking for someone to devour. So the New Testament is very clear that everybody is struggling against darkness. You struggled against darkness. Yeah. And when we come back, I want you to share about how God set Rabbi Schneider free supernaturally from a dream. Yes, a dream. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. Our world is rife with comparisons about what separates us. Day after day, we go about our lives with tunnel vision. But scripture tells us how Messiah broke down the wall between Jew and Gentile, allowing for the creation of one new man, one new humanity. This spiritual completeness is set to usher in the greatest move toward God the world has ever known. Sid Roth has discovered scripture's key to reaching the Jewish people with God's love. One new humanity opens the door for God to move in signs and wonders, and all will see the evidence of the invisible God promised in scripture. At SidRoth.org, you'll find mentoring tools to empower you to share how one new humanity is critical to bringing multitudes to know God. You'll understand Israel and the Jewish roots of the church and how all the nations of the earth will experience blessings unseen in human history. Log on to SidRoth.org today and learn how one new man is the key to unlocking God's greatest blessings. We now return to It's Supernatural. Rabbi Schneider, how might demons re, uh, manifest themselves to people? In what ways? And some, I understand, they think it's themselves, and it's really not. Absolutely. That is such a key for us to realize that many of the problems that we're dealing with, things like fear, sadness, anger, 
addiction. These are not just natural problems. These are supernatural problems. And that's one of the keys to getting deliverance over darkness, is to recognize that many of the thoughts that we have that cause defeat and torment in one's life are not originating from within. They're originating from the outside. I like to describe a demon as a personal evil with intelligence that seeks to occupy space either space in our mind so that it's affecting our thought life or even space in our body. And when someone is walking around, let's say, depressed all the time, they have to realize that God's happy. So if God's happy and they're depressed, where's the depression coming from? And although oftentimes there are some natural reasons, what happens is, is that demons connect to personal vulnerabilities, personal weaknesses in our own life, and they make a natural problem, a supernatural problem that requires a supernatural solution and a supernatural activation to break it off. Well, demons just leave on their own if you do nothing about it. Absolutely not. Demons are intruders and they will not leave on their own. Sid, I think about a dream that I had not too long ago. And in this dream, I was living in this really dilapidated house. It was really small, you know, maybe like a 15 by 15 foot room. It was old. It was kind of falling apart. You could feel the atmosphere in there. It was dark and depressing. And I was sad in that space. And then 20 yards away from me, from this dilapidated house I was living in, I could see another house. And this other house was like a 3,000 square foot home. It was brand new, it was contemporary, it was clean, it was attractive, it had a light, happy feeling to it. And in the dream, Sid, I knew that that beautiful house was mine. And yet here I was living in this dilapidated space. Then I realized, why was I living in this dilapidated space when that beautiful home 20 yards away was mine that I could be living in? And of course, houses represent the place that we live. And I realized as I, the dream continued that the reason I was not taking possession of the beautiful house is because there were demons living in the home. I could see the demons in the dream. They were in the form of human beings, but I could see by the energy that these human beings were giving off that were in my house, violent, hateful, intense energy. Because those demons were in the home as squatters, they didn't have a right to be there and they weren't gonna leave on their own. I realized that my fear of going into that house and taking occupancy of it is what was keeping me from living in that space. Eventually, I got so sick and tired of living in that dilapidated, small, depressed place, I made up my mind I was going to take possession of that beautiful home that the Lord gave me. So in the dream set, I went to that beautiful house, again, 20 yards away. I stood outside the door, and I waited for the head demon to come out. I just intuitively knew in the dream, although there were many demons in the home, there was a head demon. I waited outside the door, and I waited for him to come out. When he came out, I took a hold of him, threw him on the ground, and I just started smashing and ramming him with my fist in his face. And at first, it seemed like nothing was happening. I felt totally impotent, powerless, but I was so committed to getting free, so tired of being sick and tired, I just kept punching, and all of a sudden, pshh, all the air went out from him, and he was gone, and I was able to take possession of my home. But I had to confront him and make him leave. He wasn't going to leave on his own. There are ways that most are ignorant of that these demons try to occupy our homes. Mm -hmm. What are some of the uh, openings that we have that we may not even be aware of? 
Yes, in other words, how can they gain entrance? Yeah. And things, for example, like unforgiveness. I learned about this, again, through a prophetic dream. And as a new believer, you know, I read Jesus' words years ago, forgive and you shall be forgiven. And I thought, but Lord, don't you just forgive me? And I really didn't understand how important it was for me to forgive people. And what happened was the Lord taught me this lesson through a dream. I was in another house, completely different dream, but again, took place in a house. Remember, Jesus spoke about the person that was delivered from demons, and the demon left, and he said if that house that he was evicted from wasn't put in order. So sometimes our spiritual space is what the Bible uses to symbolize a house. So in other words, I'm in this house, and I'm being tormented in this house. There was something behind me that was just tormenting me and oppressing me. I couldn't see what it was. I could just feel the oppression. And in the home, I kept on running from room to room to try to escape this tormentor behind me. No matter what room I went into, this tormentor wouldn't leave. Finally, after this went on for some time, I felt the gaze of God come down upon me. I literally felt the gaze and the eye of the Father from heaven come down upon me, sit in the dream. And then the Lord showed me as His gaze was upon me, somebody in my life that I hadn't forgiven, and He said to me, release them. And as soon as I released them, that tormentor was gone. So demons can gain access through unforgiveness. When we stay in unforgiveness. We're legally opening up a place where a demon can gain interest and torment us. The same thing with willful sin. When someone is willfully living outside of God's moral boundaries, he places himself in a position where demons have access to him. A big one is generational spirits, spirits that have been in our families. Well, I like that there's divorce for the last three generations. You don't have to be a mental giant. Exactly. And, you know, even things like depression. You know, if your mom was depressed and your dad was oppressed, chances are you're going to have to deal with that spirit and break it out of, your, out of your existence, out of your life. You teach that we should refuse to be intimidated by these spirits. What do you mean? Well, what I, what I mean is that, I mean, we know that Jesus is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. He, he reigns, and because He reigns, I refuse to allow a demon to have dominion over me. I see this in my own life, and I see this when I exercise demons out of other people. When we know that they have to leave because Jesus is Lord, and we're His, and He's ours, they will leave. You know, it's like I heard you say before, Sid, they won't leave until they know that you know they have to leave. Uh, let me ask you this. When we come back, in fact, uh, we're out of time right now, but when we come back, you told me that very few believers understand the difference between authority and power. And it's such an important distinction that you understand this when we come back. I want Rabbi Schneider to go into detail on this. Don't go away. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. You know, I love the concept of self-deliverance. Why? Uh, is there's not enough men and women of God to help people that have this need. As a matter of fact, how in the world did you come up with the concept even? This concept of self-deliverance came because there were so many people that were coming to me and the deliverance team that I trained that were looking for help because they realized they were struggling with demonic forces, things like worry, fear, and addictions. So many people were coming to us asking us for help. I actually was overloaded booking people out a year in advance. And I was so grieved that so many people needed help today, here and now, not a year from now, but they needed help this second. And as I 
kept praying to Father, what can I do to help these people? I was just really grieved about it. Father gave me the strategy of preaching on self-deliverance. I began to teach on this, and as I began to teach on it, there was such an anointing on me, it just kept flowing and flowing and flowing. I realized that people were getting help, people were finding freedom, people's lives were being changed. And I said, Father, I said, I think this could really help a lot of people. If you want me to write a book on this, have a publisher call me. And within five days, a publisher called me. I know that this book, Freedom and Deliverance, Gaining Victory Over the Powers of Darkness, is a word that God wants to get to His people. He wants to help us. Tell me a few specific people that went through self-deliverance and what happened to them. Well, you know what? I read reviews all the time, and basically what people are saying is things like, you know, there was an empty spot inside of me, and I prayed about it for years, and it wasn't until I read Freedom and Deliverance that I gained the understanding to step into freedom. It's progressive, but no question about it. People are entering into a freedom they have not known before through applying the principles in Freedom and Deliverance. I think a lot of people are just simply gaining revelation. You know, oftentimes we hear the word demon, and it seems our archaic to us. But when they read the book, Freedom and Deliverance, I put it in such simple terms for them, they're able to receive it and to understand that many of the thoughts that they're thinking are not really their own thoughts. And when people realize that many of the thoughts that are defeating them are not from themselves, but are actually thoughts that are being intruded upon them from the enemy, then they're able to stand up, can come against those thoughts, and as a result of that, they're fighting and they're entering into freedom. And many people have these openings they're not intentional, generational, or, or unforgiveness, or things like that, that when they close those doors, <laughs> that's when they really get free. Absolutely. You know, Jesus said, Satan has nothing in me. And we don't oftentimes realize that there are things that we're doing or things that have happened to us in the past, even things that were in our family, our, our, our genealogy, that can be open doors for demons to gain access to. When people gain understanding, they're able to close those doors, even things like unforgiveness. And when they close those doors, the demons no longer have the same access into their lives. Well, I'm so excited about this self-deliverance because here's what's going on. We're in the last, the last days. There's a flood of the demonic on planet Earth. These college kids are messing themselves up so bad with their drugs and with their sexual perversion and uh, everything that the world has. They're experimenting with everything. When they're going to come to the Lord with this great awakening that's coming, you won't have the time to help them. And by the way, it's going to make you free. You're going to walk in the freedom you've always felt you're supposed to. I want you to get this book not just for yourself. There are going to be multitudes coming to you for help. Get ready to experience a new personal freedom in your life with Rabbi Kurt Schneider's book, Self-Deliverance, and five audio CD series, Freedom and Deliverance, for an investment of 45 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. 2697. Or go to our website at SidRoth.org. That's SidRoth.org. The book, Self-Deliverance, and five audio CD series, Freedom and Deliverance, offer number 9354 for an investment of 45 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9354. Once again, that's offer number 9354. We now return to It's Supernatural! 
Uh, Rabbi Snyder, you told me it is very important for us to understand the distinction between authority and power. Explain that. Well, Jesus, all authority, Jesus said, on heaven and earth has been given to me. And we were saying before the break, Sid, that we have to know that we have authority in Jesus. Demons will not respond if we're not standing in a position of knowing the authority that Jesus has and knowing that in Him we can use that authority. But there is a difference between authority and power. I like to explain it this way. A police officer has authority because of the office that he stands in. And of course, if someone gets pulled over by a car, the police officer gets out of the car, he or she is wearing the badge, oftentimes they'll have a hat and the uniform which represents their authority. And most people that are pulled over will cooperate with the police officer just because the police officer has authority. But sometimes people won't cooperate. And when people won't cooperate with the police officer because of the authority, the police officer then has to back up his or her authority with power, whether it be a phaser, billy club, or whatever that is. And the same is true in dealing with demons. Sometimes demons will just respond to authority. However, some demons will not respond to the authority unless the authority is backed up by power. Authority is given to us automatically when we receive Jesus. But power has to be developed. Remember, for example, they came to Jesus and they said, concerning the one that the demon had not been driven out of, they said, why could your disciples not drive the demon out? And Jesus said, this kind doesn't come out but by fasting and prayer, which of course are two means of developing power. So to be effective, we want to exercise both the authority that we have, but also develop power. And power comes simply by relying on God, depending on Him, walking with Him, prayer, and all the other disciplines of the faith. Okay, so people have opened doors. How do we close the doors and get rid of these demons? Well, that's a great question. And I personally believe that closing the doors oftentimes can be a process. I find in my own life, the deeper I get in my walk with Jesus, with Yeshua, the more in my heart I realize I need to repent of. In other words, oftentimes the Lord will start off showing us sur surface things, but then the deeper we go, we see perhaps uh, elements of unforgiveness or pride or a spirit of accusation. And so closing the door involves, number one, repenting of sin continually as the Lord shows us in deeper ways sin within our hearts. Areas that we might not know today, but a year from now, because we've grown in grace, we'll see them. I like uh, but do you know what's happening in the world? Uh, Christianity is saying because of a wonderful concept called grace, um, uh, we, we can go on our merry way. We don't have to worry about those little sins. Yeah, any, any, any truth carried to the extreme becomes a heresy, doesn't it? Absolutely. We know the first thing that Jesus said was repent for the kingdom of God. I don't God's hear name. that word much. It's I don't go to congregations and the pastor gets up and says, repent. You know why? All the people get up and go out. And he wants them to get up and come in. But you know something? Without repentance, you won't even see God. Mm, absolutely. And that's one of the ways that we close the doors and keep demons from getting in. When we repent, we close the door. We close out the darkness from our lives. Okay. When you talk to, in the spirit world, to a demon, how do you do that? You just speak. You don't speak to them in terms of having a conversation. You speak at them. So I, I, you speak at them. Absolutely. You're not looking to converse. I say, Satan, I reject you. Get out of my head. It's just that simple. Just a direct command to a demon. The demon has to obey. 
Well, what happens if you sense it didn't happen immediately? Do you throw in the towel? Do you give up? Absolutely not. And that was part of the point of the dream I shared a little earlier. When I grabbed a hold of that demon that was occupying my space, my house, I took a hold of him. I began to punch that demon in the face. And at first, it seemed like nothing was happening. It seemed like I had no power. It seemed like all my, my energy was, was not having any effect on him. But you know what? I was so committed to getting free, I wasn't going to stop. And as I persisted and as I kept going, bam, that demon broke. And it's the same thing uh, with deliverance. We have to be committed to being free and know that we will get free because Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You personally battled with something that many of you are battling with right now a spirit of fear. You think it's yourself. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. It is a spirit of fear. Uh, I, I talked to someone recently. They told me they were afraid to speak in public. You know what I found, Rabbi What's Snyder? That? Whatever uh, your strength is, it almost you're like attacked in that area. Mm -hmm. The person would do wonderful sharing in public but they wouldn't even try mm. because they were fearful of it. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Well, I would say that, number one, knowing the Word of God, knowing truth, and using that truth as a weapon out of our mouth to speak is a key to getting free. The, the Word of God breaks the power of demons. Jesus, of course, we know, defeated the devil in the wilderness in Matthew 4 by speaking the Word of God. When we know that speaking the Word of God has life in it, and we speak it at the demon, at the darkness, the darkness will break, the darkness will bend, it will lose its hold, and more and more we're going to enter into freedom and into the light. I think it's important that people recognize that this isn't always just a one-time quick fix. This is a commitment to being free, knowing you will get free. The principles work. The principles that I teach, said they work. Tell me how it worked with you with fear. Well, how it worked with fear with me is a number of different avenues. Number one, truth. God began to reveal to me, number one, that the commitment to getting free wasn't just about my desire to be free. It was about His glory. And then I began to use the Word of God against the devil in the specific areas that Satan was causing fear. In other words, if Satan was causing fear in the area of health, I would use the Word of God against Satan in the area of my health. If Satan is using fear in the area of finances, then we use what the Word of God says about finances against Satan in that area. So wherever now, when you say you would use it, what exactly would you do? I would quote it. I would I would I would, you know, David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. I would speak it to myself, quote it out loud. I would say, Satan, I reject you, get out of my head. Then I would replace his lie with the truth speaking, this is what God's Word says, to myself to encourage my own heart. So I would cast him out, then I would affirm myself in the truth. I would like you to pray right now for the people all over the world watching right now. They're looking for help. Amen. Amen. Pray for them. Father God, right now in Jesus' name, I just want to thank you how much you love your children. Father, your word says, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the children of God, and thus we are. And you said, Father, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, and that this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. Father, we want to thank you right now that in Jesus we already have the victory. Now, Father, I speak a word of activation over your people right now. That 
that they would realize at a deeper level than ever before that your spirit lives within them, that life is on the inside, and that the life that's in them is greater than the power of darkness that's outside of them, and that, Father, you would activate them out of passivity into activation to use their faith by your spirit with the Word of God. In Jesus' name, Satan, I break you off of God's children's life. In Jesus' name, with the knife of God's Word, I command you to release them right now. Let them go, and in Jesus' name, I say to you, beloved child of God, in Jesus, you are free. Just out of curiosity, would you say that all believers have to get rid of garbage in their life that was picked up before they were believers or picked up from ancestry or just a few? I think everybody, I think all of us are progressively journeying deeper into freedom and into God's light. So I think this is for everybody. I think everybody has battles that they need to overcome. You know, Paul said at the very end of his life, I fought the fight. I've run the race, and now there's laid up for me the crown of righteous. We all need to be fighting because nobody is yet perfectly free, and all of us can enter into greater freedom and greater peace. And I speak freedom to you right now. He has a name, Yeshua. Jesus, the Messiah, you shall know the truth, and the truth, it'll set you free. (laughs) You know, I love the concept of self-deliverance. Why? Uh, There's not enough men and women of God to help people that have this need. As a matter of fact, how in the world did you come up with the concept even? This concept of self-deliverance came because there were so many people that were coming to me and the deliverance team that I trained that were looking for help because they realized they were struggling with demonic forces, things like worry, fear, and addictions. So many people were coming to us asking us for help. I actually was overloaded booking people out a year in advance. And I was so grieved that so many people needed help today, here and now, not a year from now, but they needed help this second. And as I I kept praying to Father, what can I do to help these people? I was just really grieved about it. Father gave me the strategy of preaching on self-deliverance. I began to teach on this, and as I began to teach on it, there was such an anointing on me, it just kept flowing and flowing and flowing. I realized that people were getting help, people were finding freedom, people's lives were being changed. And I said, Father, I said, I think this could really help a lot of people. If you want me to write a book on this, have a publisher call me. And within five days, a publisher called me. I know that this book, Freedom and Deliverance, Gaining Victory Over the Powers of Darkness, is a word that God wants to get to His people. He wants to help us. Tell me a few specific people that went through self-deliverance and what happened to them. Well, you know what? I read reviews all the time, and basically what people are saying is things like, you know, there was an empty spot inside of me, and I prayed about it for years, and it wasn't until I read Freedom and Deliverance that I gained the understanding to step into freedom. It's progressive, but no question about it. People are entering into a freedom they have not known before through applying the principles in Freedom and Deliverance. I think a lot of people are just simply gaining revelation. You know, oftentimes we hear the word demon, and it seems our archaic to us. But when they read the book, Freedom and Deliverance, I put it in such simple terms for them, they're able to receive it and to understand that many of the thoughts that they're thinking are not really their own thoughts. And when people realize that many of the thoughts that are defeating them are not from themselves, but are actually thoughts that are being intruded upon them from the enemy, then they're able to stand up, come against those thoughts, and 
And as a result of that, they're fighting and they're entering into freedom. And many people have these openings that are not intentional, generational or, or unforgiveness or things like that, that when they close those doors, <laughs> that's when they really get free. Absolutely. You know, Jesus said, Satan has nothing in me. And we don't oftentimes realize that there are things that we're doing or things that have happened to us in the past, even things that were in our family, our, our, our genealogy, that can be open doors for demons to gain access to. When people gain understanding, they're able to close those doors, even things like unforgiveness. And when they close those doors, the demons no longer have the same access into their lives. Well, I'm so excited about this self-deliverance because here's what's going on. We're in the last, the last days. There's a flood of the demonic on planet Earth. These college kids are messing themselves up so bad with their drugs and with their sexual perversion and uh, everything that the world has. They're experimenting with everything. When they're going to come to the Lord with this great awakening that's coming, you won't have the time to help them. And by the way, it's going to make you free. You're going to walk in the freedom you've always felt you're supposed to. I want you to get this book not just for yourself. There are going to be multitudes coming to you for help. Get ready to experience a new personal freedom in your life with Rabbi Kurt Schneider's book, Self-Deliverance, and five audio CD series, Freedom and Deliverance, for an investment of 45 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. 2697. Or go to our website at SidRoth.org. That's SidRoth.org. The book, Self-Deliverance, and five audio CD series, Freedom and Deliverance, offer number 9354 for an investment of 45 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9354. Once again, that's offer number 9354. Next week on It's Supernatural, my next guest, when he speaks, people that are, you know, cutters, they cut themselves and they have scars, the scars disappear. Sickness disappears. But he just had a word from God about the future of America. And you are going to be shocked on what he's going to tell you. Your gifts to this ministry will help Sid air It's Supernatural in Israel 28 times a week and distribute his evangelistic book to the Jewish people worldwide.